Hello, this is Ken Ferry with this week's Boots in the Field report. This was another good week to keep moving the ball forward. Many guys are crossing the finish line on harvest. We have harvested our last plot uh, this week, bringing our 2020 plot harvest to a close, I think. <laughs> if you have a plot out there and you're waiting for us to come and help harvest it, uh, you better give us a call because apparently it's fallen through the cracks. Our records show we've got all the plots harvested that we were planning to harvest. Any other plots out there you want help on, just give us a shout. Several of the 2021 plots are already underway, especially those involving tillage and cover crops and strip till. Uh, guys are working hard on those. This week we harvested the controlled drainage plots. It's looking like holding water tables up in 2020 will pay big. Can't wait till we get done digging through that data. We did some seed treatment plots on corn, as well as some more sulfur plots and fixed flex plots. One of the fixed flex plots from southern Iowa was sent in. It does look similar to the other uh, fixed and flex plots where we're looking at population and how hybrids respond to it. Yields in that particular plot range from a high of 237.5 to a low of 130. The plot average on 64 numbers at 22,000 yielded 10.8 bushel better than 36,000. Now the widest spread was 63 bushel and it was 63 bushel better to 22,000 over 36,000 on one variety. And at 36,000, another variety was 45 bushel better than 22. So again, the, that one variety that's 63 bushel better being planted at 22 than 36. And then one being 45 bushel being planted at 36 versus 22. So it's kind of neat, the patterns that are showing up. It does look like it is the August uh, drought that's crippling the D's in most of these plots. Again, the highest yield of 237.5 bushel did come out of the 22,000 side of the block. So these will be uh, interesting numbers as we work through them. The past three weeks, we've seen a tremendous amount of anhydrous get applied. I hope everyone was using a nitrification inhibitor, being soil temperatures were popping above 60 degrees in this past warm stretch. Most areas, the bars are sealing good. We're building some of the best strips we've seen in a number of years in this dry soil. In the real dry areas, we're getting complaints that the gas is not sealing. Some of these fields are still gassing off 500 feet behind the machine. Our guideline is once the bar passes, you should be able to drop down to your knees, smell that trench, and not smell ammonia. If you're gagging for air, when you do this, the bar's not sealing. You should not be able to smell anhydrous when you're walking across the field after the application. One grower called in and said he could still smell ammonia a day later and was wondering how much is being lost. The answer is we don't know, but it's substantial. Couple of calls from growers wondering why the NSERV isn't working. Shouldn't it stop this loss? NSERV is a nitrification inhibitor. It doesn't stop volatility. 
The loss here is volatility. The ammonia needs to find water in the soil to convert to ammonium to be stable. Some tricks to de decrease the volatility are to decrease the rate of ammonia you're putting on. Lower rates need less water. Now you'll have to adjust the spring applications to square this rate back up. The other trick is to go deeper to expose the ammonia to more soil, hence more water. I know you retailers are cringing when I say that because as I've been talking to some of you, this has been a bad year on shanks as a lot of these guys are using the toolbars as subsoilers. Those of you doing tillage or applying anhydrous near water bodies have no doubt noticed a large quantity of seagulls dropping in behind the tools to scoop up any worms that may be brought to the surface. If you're applying anhydrous and notice the seagulls are leaving and not coming back, or not landing in certain soil types in the field, that's your tip that the soil is leaking ammonia. They don't like the smell of ammonia either. Bottom line, guys, if you find yourself holding your breath when you're switching tanks, the ground is leaking. Don't just keep running. Let's not screw up the 2021 crop just to get this marked off the to-do list. At the same time, the strips being made in this dry fall are pretty nice. Pull the pin on the anhydrous and keep the strip bar running. We have a lot of other options to get this nitrogen on right. A lot of fall tillage is getting completed. It's working as nice as, as it has from, for years. A lot of past compaction sins are being corrected this fall. Remember those of you who plan to plant beans early next year, remember we want these fields level next spring so we can pounce on them when the conditions are right. If you gotta wait for it to get dry enough in the spring to level the field so you can put your herbicide on and then get started planting, you may miss your window of opportunity. Let's get these bean fields that are going to early beans leveled up. Run your harrows out there. If you're no-tilling, let's go ahead and get those fall burndowns on so those fields are ready to rock and roll when the weather opportunities come our way next April. Being ready is one of the things that makes early planting successful. Growers have been asking what to do with these water hemp messes we have in some fields. What do we do with the zillions of seeds on the surface? Do we till or not? Fall burn down, etc. We'll spend more time on this and the winter meetings, but for now it's time to start putting a plan together. Most of these fields that got away from us are going to beans that were in beans are going to corn next year. This is good. Water hemp is easier to handle in corn. We have more canopy and herbicide options. As far as fall burndowns, they have little effect on water hemp, which germinates in warm soils. Tillage does have some effect on the weed seed that is buried. If it stays buried for a couple of years, it will deteriorate. No doubt the moldboard plow would be the most effective at burying the seed if we don't chisel them back up in a few years. We could really reduce the pressure. But the plow brings other problems from erosion to plow soles. If we till 
this fall before going to corn, I would recommend trying no-till in 2022 bean crop, leaving the seeds buried for a couple of years. The amount of seed buried by a chisel plow will help, but it won't fix the problem all by itself. If you're a no-till or strip-till farmer, I would just stay the course and spend some time with your retailer putting together a plan to get this water hemp under control with herbicides. Not just next year, but the next three years in these breakout fields. You'll need a soil residual as a pre-plant. You'll need some residuals in your post applications. Make plans for multiple post applications if necessary. And if it's certain zones in the field that flooded out that have all the pressure, be ready to spot spray those zones as well. Take the time that you need to keep this weed under control for the next three or four years, the pressure will back off. Be sure your pest crews can stay on top of the weed scouting. If not, hire someone. We need to catch these water hemp before they get over four inches tall. That's a challenge when we're talking about a weed that can grow more than an inch per day. After next year's corn crop, make plans then for the following bean crop. Even if you do a good job of handling the water hemp in 2021, there is still seed out there and it's going to bother you in 2022. Planting beans early seems to help us get canopy quicker, and that does a better job of controlling the water hemp. Our biggest problems are mainly in 30-inch beans. Tremendous breakout in that August time frame. In these breakout fields, plant early and cut the population in half, double back if you don't have a narrow roll planter, and get these beans narrowed up to 15 inch rows. Get that canopy as thick and tight as you can get it. In these breakout fields, it may be time to leave the non-GMO market until we can get this mess cleaned up. Select bean traits that give you as many options as you can to beat back this population. The more different groups of herbicides you use, the easier it is going to be to clean these fields up. While 2020 was very frustrating and frustrating year in many ways, there's also been some, what I would say, some pretty bright spots as well. While we maybe didn't hit it out of the park when it comes to yield, most growers had respectable yields for all we went through in April and August. The price rally this fall has been a godsend. The fall weather has been one for the record books. Most operations were able to move along at a steady pace all fall picking the days you want to work and what you want to do. Everything from harvesting to baling stalks to tilling and cover crops and strip tail, it's all getting done this fall. If your operation is still struggling with getting things done in the fall of 2020 here in Illinois, maybe time to sit down with the crew and do a deep evaluation of your operation. Where is the delay? Is it in acres harvested per day, grain handling per day, field work being done per day? Is the delay in machine or facility capacity, labor availability? What is the weakest link? You know, maybe it's time to increase capacity on the equipment 
or to delegate some of these jobs off the farm. Short of health issues, serious breakdowns, or Mother Nature blowing down your crop, the fall of 2020 is about as good as it gets when it comes to having enough time to get things done. So do an honest evaluation. Find the weak link and devise a plan to fix it. As you wrap up the harvest, get your yield data turned into the office so the crew can start preparing the maps for our yield map meetings this winter. If you've got plots of your own that you would like us to run queries on, please be sure to add the details of which fields and loads uh, in that field contain the plots. We'd be glad to help you do an evaluation on that and put it together for you when we go through the yield map meetings. Soil testing crews are cleaning up the scraps on soil testing. If you still have testing needs, call them in before this weather changes. We farm in the greatest country in the world because of our veterans. We here at CropTech want to thank all of our current and past veterans and their families for giving us this great gift. To stay up to date, check out our website at croptechinc.com and subscribe to our podcast, Boots in the Field Report. Keep her safe, keep her moving.